You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL and draft, and we have a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with MyLightHuddle.com. I talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, anything and everything you could think of. And with the season underway, there's a lot to talk about with the regular season. Before I get into that stuff, I want to say I'm back. It's been a couple weeks since I've recorded. It's been a rather busy month of October for me. Last time I recorded was actually 20 days ago, almost three weeks, simply because of just timing. I went on a vacation and just wasn't able to sit down and record for a couple weeks. So I recorded a couple episodes beforehand, got them edited, got them up, but I'm back. I'm recording this on October 22nd, just after the Broncos pretty much demolished the Arizona Cardinals last Thursday. Now, as I said, there is a lot to talk about. The last time I recorded was the second, so that was that was just after the Chiefs game last time I recorded. So it's been a while. There's a lot to talk about. Chiefs, Jets, Rams, Cardinals. Four games that I haven't been around to talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit about each of them since I've been away for so much. Not some not going to talk about them exclusively or for a long time, but I am going to spend a lot of time talking about what the rest of the season has to bring. Before I get to that, just before I started recording this, the Dallas Cowboys got desperate and traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Man, am I so bummed that the Cowboys did this. It I don't think Cooper was worth it. He's one of the has some of the worst hands there are in the NFL, even worse than Demarius Thomas's. Just I don't know, just doesn't make sense why they did. And now the Raiders are sitting with three first-round picks. They're in a really good position to go get a Nick Bosa because they're they only have one win they're likely ending up with a top three pick then you have the cow cowboys who aren't doing very well and they're looking like they're going to end up with a top 10 pick then they have the bears who they can end up anywhere from a top 20 pick to a first round pick somewhere so it's definitely up in the air but with the raiders and how they have they have a good chance of being able to turn two of those turning those picks into say nick bosa Justin Herbert, if he comes out by trading, say, the Dallas Cowboys first round pick and a future second or a second round pick or something and packaging it up and keeping that third first round pick from the Bears and keeping that and moving up and getting Herbert. And then they still have a third round, third first round pick, which they're able to go get like a Devin White or a Mac Wilson filling up a few key holes that they have. But we'll see draft still so far away. I didn't want to, I don't want to focus into that. If you guys haven't done so yet, please go listen to my last two episodes. If you are ready for the draft, Nick Kendall joined me and we talked specifically about the 2019 NFL draft. One episode was focused on the offensive side of the ball and the other episode was focused on the defensive side of the ball. So if you haven't done so yet, please go make sure you listen to those. Now I still have a whole bunch that I want to get into. As I said, I want to talk about the last four games and the, primarily going to be talking about the, what the rest of the season has to offer and some things that I want to see for the season. Plus, trade deadline's coming around the corner. That's eight days away, just over a week. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. But before I get into that, I want to say thank you to our great sponsor in Audible. You guys can get a free audiobook download and a th- free 30-day trial at www.audibletrial.com slash huddleup. 
They have over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can use it on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, MP3 player. You can use it on anything. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. I absolutely, I absolutely love Audible. Um, I don't have time to sit down and really read anymore, so I'm able to just throw in a book, listen to it, and relax. It's really great, especially, if, as I said, if you don't have the time to sit down and physically read, it's really good for you. Now, going over these last four games of the Broncos, as I said, they actually played a couple of good games, even though they were losses. They played a tight one against the Kansas City Chiefs. They only lost by four, and it came down to really two key plays. On a key play on the defensive side of the ball, Shaq Barrett just wasn't able to stick with this guy and gave up a bunch of yards, which Kansas City was able to hold the ball, keep the ball moving. And then on another one, on the offensive side of the ball, Case Keenum just wasn't able to hit Demarius Thomas for what would have been a touchdown to basically win the game for the Broncos. So two key plays, even though it wasn't the cleanest game by the Broncos, it came down to two plays that really sealed the win for the Chiefs. I mean, even after that defensive blunder by Barrett, they still had a chance to win. Keenum really let down the team on this one. Then they show up to the New York Jets in New York, and they just, well, I shouldn't say they showed up because they really didn't. They got trounced on by the Jets. They ran all over them. They really struggled to stop them through the air on the ground. It didn't matter. This defense just wasn't showing up. And offensively, they had a lot of miscues. The play calling was really questionable. It's just basically all the issues with this Broncos team that we've seen this season were very, very clear in this Jets game. Fortunately, they were able to bounce back and play the, a close one against the Rams. Again, it wasn't the cleanest of games, but Bradley Chubb really took over. He got a few sacks in this one, and they only lost to the Rams by three. I mean, the Chiefs and the Rams, either, at the time, they were both undefeated teams. The Chiefs have since lost, and the Rams are still undefeated, and they lost by a total of seven points between the two of them. This is a team that lost by 18 points to the Jets, and they lost by seven to the Rams and the Chiefs combined. That's actually really good. That's a lot of positive to come away. You have such high-powered offenses, and you hold them to under 30, which I can't think off the top of my head any other team has done so far this season. I think every other game, the Chiefs and the Rams have scored over 30 points. So here you are. The Broncos are keeping them to below their average. So that was great to see. I mean, granted, of course you want to walk away with the win. Denver had a chance to walk away with the win in both those games. In the Rams game, a taunting penalty took off at least three points, or took off um, a taunting penalty took off some points from the board from Sanders on a one that was close to a touchdown, but he got up and taunted, and ball got moved back. There was a couple questionable calls by Vance Joseph to go for it instead of kicking a field goal, things like that. There was definitely some choices in here that fall on coaches as well as on the players that caused them to lose it. But as I was saying, is you take on such a high-powered offense and you hold them to 23 points, like. There's some positives that can be taken away from this. This team, they're better than what they showed against the Jets, which is what makes that Jets game so frustrating, is that they went in there and they had such a bad blunder. I mean, it was on the road and on the East Coast, so, I mean, it wasn't going to be pretty, but, man, you expect better than that. And then briefly about this Cardinals game, this defense really stepped up. I love the changes that they made on this defense. They stuck into their in their base defense a little bit more often, trusting Justin Simmons to take on the slot corner Instead of going into a dime or a nickel package, they kept their strength up front. They really shut down the run game, and they caused havoc for rookie quarterback Josh Rosen. And I got to say, I mean, as good as Bradley Chubb has been, maybe they should have taken Josh Rosen because, as we saw in the Cardinals game, Josh Rosen has a lot of chemistry throwing to the Denver Broncos. So hopefully you guys realize that was a joke. But still, 
it was a good game. I really like seeing it. I mean, yes, it was the Arizona Cardinals who are one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, but there are a good number of positives that you can walk away with this game. If Denver can build on those positives and continue to work on their faults that they have, this team this team has a chance to rebound. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs. I'm not saying they'll win the division or anything like that, but they have a chance to end the season on a high note. They have some games coming up, which I'm going to talk about, that will continue to test them. But if they play if they play to the level that they've shown they can against the Cardinals and even the Rams and even the first game against the Chiefs, Denver has a chance this season to do something. Will they? That remains to be seen. But since we're talking about what's coming up, since we're talking about what's coming up, I love watching football. And sure, watching football is fun, but it's a lot more entertaining when you guys have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. All you guys got to do is pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you guys can turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is really easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit, dollar for dollar, but you got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer. All you guys got to do is log on to my bookie right now and double your money. You guys use promo code Theories1, T H E O R I E S, and the number one, and you'll get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code Theories1. You guys play, you guys win, you guys get paid. Now, as everyone knows, coming up on Sunday, the 28th of October, the Denver Broncos are traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs for their second game. Now, as I was just talking about previously, they actually played a pretty good game at home against the Chiefs. They only lost by four, but this is on the road. Denver is a very different team on the road. They've shown, seen some things that can work. They've shown some things that they know they can do and probably use with effectiveness against the Chiefs. And this Chiefs defense isn't super great, so the offense should have their opportunities. They just got to go out there. They got to capitalize on it, and they, got to ex- they have to execute. Still, going on the road against the Chiefs, I think it's going to be a tough one. I don't think that they're going to be able to come away with the win on this one. But I think it'll end up being closer than a lot of people think. I don't think the Chiefs walk away with this one by more than seven points. I'm not going to give a score prediction. That'll come later on as, you know, we do a mile huddle round table. I'll be doing my prediction there. But I think then Broncos, we see a similar game to the first one. Denver keeps them under 30 points. They end up losing by anywhere from three to seven points. But I think that the score will be closer than what the game actually was. But still, Denver's seen and has shown that they can do things to stop this Kansas City Chiefs offense. It just comes matter comes down to going out and executing on the road and a very tough place to play. Then they take on the Houston Texans after returning home on November 4th. And the Houston Texans, they have a they have a pretty solid team going around. That defense is no joke. The issue is is that their offensive line is complete trash. So this is going to be a game that really falls onto this Broncos defensive line and their pass rushers. They got to go out. They got to get the job done. And they got to put the pressure on Deshaun Watson. Now, similarly with Mahomes, Deshaun Watson can really kill you outside of the pocket. And in the first game against the Chiefs, and something that they'll have to watch for in the second game against the Chiefs, is that they were getting their hands on Mahomes, but they weren't able to bring him down. 
So in this next game against Chiefs, they're going to need to do that. And then we're going to need to see them do that against the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. You don't want him breaking contain. You don't want him getting outside of the pocket because he can kill you for it. Those receivers that Houston have, they're really good with the scramble drill. Once Deshaun Watson go, gets out of the pocket, they know how to get open. They know what they're doing. They know what they need to do to get open. This team, again, they have a lot of issues. You should be able to, hopefully Denver should be able to stop the run pretty effectively and not see them run all over them like the Jets did. But again, that'll have to be seen come game time. This is a game that I that I can see Denver winning. I think it's another game that I think will end up being pretty close. But it's just a matter of Denver going out and doing their jobs and executing. With the concerns that the Bron- that the Texans have on their offensive line, I would really look forward to Bradley Chubb and Von Miller taking control of this game, having them contain Deshaun Watson, having them bring them down when they get their hands on him not letting him get out of the pocket and kill him outside of the pocket. Those are going to be keys for this game because otherwise Houston Texans can really kill it, kill this defense. They have, they have the weapons in the right spots to move the ball. But in the end, I think Denver ends up walking away with a win on this one, which leads them into the bye week. And from people that I've spoken to, Denver needs to go in at, they can't lose these next two games. Basically, if they lose these next two games and it's 100% Vance Joseph's gone, even if they split these next two games and go one on go one and one, like I have, there's still no guarantee that Vance Joseph sticks his job, keeps his job. Basically only way that he's guaranteed to keep his job past the bye week is if he wins both these games. I mean, and that goes the same for Joe Woods and Bill Musgrave, both their seats are on are pretty hot as well. And it's funny that a lot of people don't talk about Bill Musgrave and his seat being so, as hot as it is. He's an offensive coordinator that's not calling plays that fit his offense. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL out of play action and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when you move the pocket for him. And they weren't really doing that. You finally saw a lot of that against the Cardinals. You also saw them using the run game first to open up the passing game. That's how this offense needs to work. Maybe Bill Musgrave had his had the light light bulb come on and he knows this and that's what he's going to start doing but until we see it see them doing this consecutively in consecutive games or seeing them do this consistently i mean in consecutive games then it's going to be a question so depending on how these next two games go going into the bye week it'll definitely determine on what changes if any happen on the coaching staff i definitely wouldn't be surprised though if Depending on what happens, well, obviously, depending on what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised even if they go one on go one and one or even win both these games that they do make some kind of changes with not necessarily firing anybody, but with how they hand, with how they do their coaching jobs anyways. Now, before I get to the rest of the schedule, I want to let you guys I want to remind you listeners to please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're on Spotify now as well. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter as we wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please go take the time, go to iTunes or Spreaker, rate and subscribe and let your voices be heard on how well you enjoy the Mile High Huddle podcasts. Not just my own, but the other ones that we have to offer. This would be so much appreciated as, as I said, you guys are the ones who enable us to do something that we all love to do. So please just help us spread the word around. Now, the next few games is after coming out of the bye week, Denver is going to be taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, who have a really good team. I got a lot of flack saying early on in the preseason that I think that this is a team that can be um, be a contender. I think they have they have a really good team, even though they got banged up early on, as they always do. They're managing to come out and win games. I think they're sitting at with only two losses. I think they're at like five and two now or something. They have a good team. They have a really good quarterback that's able to move the ball. They have the weapons for him. They have a really good running game. Their offensive line isn't the mess that it has been in previous years. And their defense is effective. Their defense is getting the job done. And they're without some key guys. I mean, 
Joey Bosa is still is still coming back from injury. So when he comes back fully, I mean, it's going to be this team's going to be dangerous. So Denver is going to be taking them on after the bye week. It's going to be in Los Angeles, which which every Chargers game either home in Denver or in Los Angeles or even San Diego when they were the San Diego Chargers always feels like another home game. This is one that I can definitely see Denver winning. I think that the time that they'll have to prepare, the fact that it'll feel like a home game, that they have a good chance to win it. In the end, I think it is, ends up being a close one with a last-minute drive having to come down to win the game or not. And in the end, I don't see the Broncos actually winning, but I, this is one that I definitely think they can at this point. Even though the Chargers are as strong of a team as they are, it just comes down to the fact that this is going to feel like a home game. They're coming off the bye week. and depending on i mean and also it, it's hard to say for sure at this point if it's going to be a win or a loss because there's still there's two games before it if the broncos take this cardinals game and they build on it and they manage to beat the chiefs and they manage to beat the texans they're going to be going high so they're going to be on a high they're going to want to they're going to go into this chargers game high up they're going to be wanting to compete they're going to have a lot of confidence in themselves and confidence confidence can be a big game changer I think that I'm going to say right now that the Broncos lose this game. And there's a reason why I'm picking a winner and a loser for one. Obviously I'm going to give where we stand now at week seven, my prediction for the rest of the season and what Denver ends up at. But I'm going to say this one's ends up being a loss and that leads them to going back home to taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers who at this point may or may not have Le'Veon Bell back right now. James Conner is doing a really good job. That defense has quite a bit of holes. It just comes down to can you stop Ben Roethlisberger and the passing offense and Antonio Brown. It's going to be a tough one. I think that the Broncos managed to win this one, and I'm going to mark it down as a win. So with the next four games, I have Denver going 2-2, two and two, which would put them at a record of 5-6 and six right now. But I think that they end up doing a little bit better than that because their next three games, you have the after that, you have the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Browns. And I think two of those games that the Broncos end up coming away with the win. I think they lose to the Bengals. The Bengals just have a pretty tough team. I mean, they're very inconsistent. And you're going to be going to Kansas City. Or you're going to be going to Cincinnati, I mean. So it's going to be a tough game. I mean, the Bengals are always a tough team to beat. They're never a cakewalk or anything like that. So it's going to be a tough one. And then you have the 49ers on the road in San Francisco. They're a team that's really struggling. They don't. They lost their starting quarterback. I mean, they have some good players. They have some good young players. But they're still a team that is definitely rebuilding. And especially without that young quarterback of theirs, they're a team that is looking like they're going to be picking in the top 10. And then you have the Cleveland Browns. This is at home. Baker Mayfield's coming to Denver. Denver really, the Broncos really wanted Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he went first overall. Denzel Ward's a key fat, key player. But in the end, I think there's going to be a lot of issues with this Browns team. There's still a lot of issues. And they have more coaching problems than the Broncos do right now. And that's one reason why I'm saying that the Broncos walk away with the win in this one as well. So at this point now, the Broncos from the remaining over the next seven games, they're sitting at four and three instead of three and four. So they're sitting at a seven and seven record. And then they have their last two games, both division games, Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers. Raiders, I'm seeing pretty confident that they're wanting to lose some games. So I'm going to chalk this one up as a win for the Broncos. This puts them at eight and seven. And then the Chargers at the end of the season, they might be willing to rest their starters. They might be have a playoff spot locked up. Obviously, it's 10 weeks away. It's December 30th, this game is, and it's not even October 30th yet. So we're still over two months away. It's hard to say for sure, but this one's at home. Denver always plays the Chargers better when they're at home than when they're on the road. I have them losing at home, or I have them losing on the road to it. I'm going to have them winning at home and finishing the season at 9-7. and seven. Of course, this is all 
up in the air. This is going off of the fact that I think that the Broncos are going to take this Cardinals game and build on it a little bit. They're going to win a few more games. They're not going to keep, they're not on a downward spiral anymore. This game really brought their hopes up. And from the conversations I've had with inside this Broncos organization, there is a good reason to believe that they will build upon this. They're definitely focusing in on it. They've definitely made changes with how they're calling the defense, with how they're calling the offense. They seem, they seem confident in the fact that they can continue going forward and using the players to their strengths, which for some reason they weren't doing the first few weeks of the season. Now that they seem to be doing that, I have confidence that they can come away and win some of these games. And there's a couple of these games that I can see Denver still pulling out and winning, even though I had them as a loss. I'm not one. I don't want to write off Cincinnati or the Steelers as a loss automatically. I think those are two games that the Denver Broncos can definitely win. I mean, it's been a rough start to the season. It all matters about how you finish. Denver started off slow. Maybe they can finish strong and finish off at a 9-7 and seven record or even manage to beat the Steelers and the Bengals and walk away with 11-5 and five record. Do I see that happening? No, I don't. But it's possible. I mean, the only other loss being to the Chiefs this week or to the Chargers. So, I don't know. It's definitely possible. We'll have to see what happens. And I know I said that either the lose to the that they'll beat the Bengals or the Steelers. I can't remember which now. Um, I know I had them as a loss to the Chargers at home or chart when the with the loss to the Chargers on the road and winning at home. And I know I had a loss to Mark chalk down to the Chiefs. So I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was the Steelers or the Bengals for that third loss. But uh, anyways, I can see Den- I can see Denver winning nine games, going nine and seven, maybe ten and six, depending on the other game of that Steelers Bengals one that I had as a loss. But again, I've had quite a few conversations with guys within the building. They're confident that they can build upon this win against the Cardinals and up against build up on their performance against the Rams. They feel like they played a really good game, and if they just cleaned up a couple things, a couple penalty stuff against the Rams, and they would have been able to win that one as well. So obviously, coulda, woulda, shoulda's again in that Rams game. But they're a team. This is a team that's confident in their ability to rebound and continue to climb forward and climb up. Now, before I get into some stuff before the trade deadline, I still want to. I just want to holler at you guys about why you guys need to become a Mile Huddle VIP subscriber. Our approach isn't to covering the Broncos. Isn't just about reporting the news. Although we do pride ourselves on being able to bring you the news as it's happening in real time. What we really take pride in is focusing on the all 22 film reviews, deep dive player evaluations, X's and O's, and stuff like that. And coming up soon on prospects on for the 2019 draft on their evaluations on their scouting reports those are going to be coming here soon too we take pride in ourselves in that and we put a lot of time and effort into it and that stuff gets locked behind a premium membership it's for our vip subscribers so all you guys got to do to become a mile mile i huddle vip and get access to all of our written analysis to get access to our vip insider forms which is where we put any kind of insider information that we get is just go to mileihub.com and on the top right, there's a banner that says become a VIP. Just click on that, choose monthly or annual, and you guys are locked in. You guys get access to everything we produce, any insider information that we pick up along the way. You guys, it, get, it gives you access to the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web. I mean, there isn't anywhere that does these X's and O's better than we do at mileihub.com. We ask for your support by becoming a VIP subscriber. Guys, pull the trigger and you have my word. You will not be disappointed. You really won't. Now, coming up soon is the trade deadline. Obviously, by the time you guys hear this, it's probably will be less than a week away. And there's definitely some names going around out there for the Broncos. And the big one is Patrick Peterson. I mean, he supposedly before I started recording this is that he asked the Cardinals to trade him 
they don't seem willing to be. I've had a few conversations with people in the Broncos organization about it. They don't seem that interested in bringing in Patrick Peterson simply because they think the cost to get him will be too high. Obviously, we'll see if things change. Maybe Arizona is willing to take a lower offer, though I don't see why they would. And the one guy I talked to within the Arizona Cardinals organization said that they don't have any interest in trading him. Steve Wilkes, their head coach, said today that they don't have any interest in trading him. So obviously we'll see what happens. It's not like they're forced to trade him. They still have him under contract. So they can sit and wait and be patient. This is a team that's rebuilding. They're going to put a lot of value on picks. We just saw Amari Cooper go for a first-round pick. So there's no reason to expect the Cardinals to lower their offer. I mean – or lower what they're asking for. And in my opinion, and based on conversations I've had, their starting point would be a first and third round pick. I think that's a little bit too much for the Broncos who are in a team that's kind of up in the air right now about the direction they want to take. They have a lot of holes that they need filled. They need those picks. I don't think they can afford to give them up. If they were a cornerback away from being a competing team, competing team, then definitely I'd say do it. I mean, Patrick Peterson, he's 28 years old. He's still playing at a pretty high level and he can definitely, he fits in with the Broncos scheme and he can definitely help but they're not just a corner away. They do need corner help, but they're not a corner away. They need a lot more help than than that. So that's one reason why I'm saying no to Patrick Peterson personally. Now, if you want to talk to Arizona about a couple other players, I mean, supposedly Arizona's having a fire sale on players. They have 2017 first round pick Hassan Reddick. He's being a bit, he's being made available. Deion Buchanan, he's being made available. Although Asuo Craven's coming back now, Deion Buchanan kind of isn't necessary anymore, but I still would look at Hassan Reddick. He's still a really good athlete and a player that you can move around and do different things with. He's definitely one worth looking at. Mike Upati with Ron Leary out, maybe he's one that you want to look at. This is a team that, again, they're having a fire sale, so maybe that you can pick up part a couple of those pieces on that offensive line. DJ Humphreys, he's another former first-round pick that maybe the Broncos are willing to look at. I mean, if you're willing to – I mean, and it's just that's just Arizona. There's a few other teams that you can look at. Baltimore, they seem to have a – blockade of tight ends maybe you can go try and pry away a max williams from them to try to help bring in some receiving help at the tight end position the raiders they seem to be pretty much selling everybody maybe you can get carl joseph carl with darian stewart up in the air carl joseph he can come in and fill that role pretty well maybe you can go get him they seem to not be wanting to play garon conley maybe maybe that's a guy they want to look at he's still a young corner but if you want a young corner i'd be looking at cordea tankersley from miami there's definitely plenty of options out there for the Broncos, especially with the trade deadline coming for them to go. I think what they want to do more so than instead of bringing talent in is that they want to unload, kind of trim the fat, so to speak. I know that there was a report out there about Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr. I talked to multiple people within the Broncos organization about that, and they all just kind of laughed at me for even suggesting it. They said that those are guys that they're definitely not wanting to trade, although they are looking to trade a wide receiver or and a corner. It wasn't Sanders and Harris. It was Demarius Thomas and Bradley Roby that they're looking to move on. Word of that I've gotten is that Bradley Roby won't be back in a Broncos uniform after this year, so they may as well try to move him now and get something in return for him. Brandon Marshall is another one that I've heard that they are looking to move around, as well as Shane Ray. Basically, they want to trim the fat. These are a few guys that they think that they pretty much know will be off this roster after this year, either by getting cut or walking away with Shane Ray being a free agent, with Bradley Roby being a free agent. Demarius Thomas and Brandon Marshall, they're likely getting cut as cap casualties after this year. So the Broncos thoughts is, well, maybe we can trade them. Maybe we can get something for them. And heck, if Amari Cooper can get a first round pick, then Demarius Thomas, who is a better receiver than Amari Cooper, doesn't have the drop problems that Amari Cooper does. I mean, I'm not saying Demarius Thomas doesn't have issues with the hands. Amari Cooper is just 
much more severe issues. Maybe Denver can get a third-round pick for Thomas. Maybe they can get a fourth or a fifth-round pick for Shane Ray. Maybe they can get something for Bradley Rowe. Maybe they can get a couple picks because this is a team that they need to they need to add more youth to this squad. And, I mean, they're still a young team, but they're a team that's definitely looking on the verge of rebuilding. They need a young quarterback. They need they need pieces. So I definitely would be looking at them to move on a, at least a couple of these players before the trade deadline. Obviously, we have a little over a week at the time of this recording before they get to that, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today on this episode of Trickle Down Theories. I want to thank you all for listening, and please leave a like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Eric Trickle. You can always reach me on there with any kind of question, and I'm more than willing to respond. You guys can even send me DMs. I have a lot of people sending me direct messages on Twitter, and I have no issue with that either. I love this interaction with you guys, listeners, fans, readers of our content, not just mine, but everyone at Mile and Huddles. And without your support, we wouldn't be here where we are. So we thank you for that. Also, please follow at Mile Huddle for all of our written work from MileHuddle.com and at Huddle Up Pod for all the podcasts that come out on this network. You can also keep an eye out on my Twitter account because I do do Periscopes. I haven't the last few weeks, but this next week I'm planning on getting back into it. Basically, my plan is what I am aiming to do for the rest of the season is three podcasts or three Periscopes on game day, one before the game, one at halftime and one after the game. Then doing a couple film periscopes during the week. Obviously, that's going to depend on my time during the week, but I want to at least do the three during the game. You guys can always join me and just talk and basically bull crap around about the Broncos and the game going on. Anyways, I had a great time. I'm glad that the Broncos are back in the win column and not on a multiple game losing skid anymore like they were last year, that they managed to break that four game losing skid this year. Anyways, guys, I'm your host, Eric Trickle. I want to thank you guys for listening to Trickle Down Theories, and please have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.